few things different about Brandon. First of all, I don't have my brace, and I'm not on my crutches, so praise the Lord for that. After eight weeks, uh, with the, the Lord put me on my backside for eight weeks. I couldn't do anything uh, but pay attention to my family and pray for eight weeks. And that'll, that'll change a fellow. We're going to talk about that. Matter of fact, this sermon is coming from that. Uh, that experience. The second thing you'll notice about me is that no, I am not auditioning for a cast member uh, for uh, Sons of Anarchy. Uh, I am not going to go buy a motorcycle. Uh, my little boy wanted a haircut last night and his, bar his barber that right there at uh, Archdale Subs, who's cut his hair since he was two, Hasn't been able to do it for the past couple weeks, so his head got all bushy, and he was starting to worry about his hair. He told his mom he wanted a haircut before church. He wanted a buzz. And so he makes this decision at 9.30 last night. Uh, and so we go outside to not get hair everywhere, and we turn the carport light on, and we turn the car lights on, and we sit him in the chair, and all the neighbors think we've lost our minds. Uh, we hadn't lost our minds. We just have a particular little boy. Uh, peculiar as well, but he uh, he wanted his haircut, so his mom takes the clippers and goes right to buzz him, and he goes, stop! Dad's got to go first. <laughs> so here you go. Dad went first. I want to talk to you this morning uh, about Sabbath. That word's a funny word. It means one thing. It's a particular Hebrew word, and it doesn't mean what you think it means. Matter of fact, when you think of Sabbath, what do you think of? Sunday, right? Sabbath doesn't mean Sunday. It means rest. It's the Hebrew word for rest. And as a pastor, as a uh, senior pastor at a couple churches, as a youth, as a mental health professional, social worker, and as a young families pastor here at Our Self Friends, I've seen one thing, one trend over the last 10 years, and it's just gotten worse and worse and worse and worse. Busyness. Families are busy. And, and uh, we could say that it's because the, uh, we work more. And most of us that don't have nine to five jobs, most of us that have careers, we work a lot more than eight to five Monday through Fridays. A lot of us work, we get up and we start work, maybe we're in the office at seven in the morning, maybe we stay till seven. Maybe we work six days a week. But over the last 20 years, specifically over the last 10 our, our work days have gotten longer. The 40-hour work week is sort of a thing of the past. Unless you're one of those few lucky individuals that get, uh, can get a set schedule, work in a field such as nursing where you work three 12-hour three shifts and you work 36 hours. But for most, for business people, for lawyers, for doctors and EMTs and folks that, 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 that don't work a set schedule, we're working more. Statistically, we're working more. 
Not only are we working more, we're working longer, but our families are busier. Our families are busier. Yeah, again, it used to be, uh, you go back 20 years ago, and our families were a little bit smaller, and they would do maybe one or two things. They maybe little Johnny would play baseball, or maybe little Johnny would be in scouts, and Maybe little sister would be a ballerina or she would be in dance. And so you would be taking kids during the week, um, usually Tuesdays and Thursdays, you'd be going somewhere. Nowadays, our families are bigger and they're busier. And instead of doing one or two things, most children are involved in three or four things. So instead of little Johnny playing baseball in the summer, little Johnny plays baseball and karate. In the fall, he does karate and scouts and football. And so you're taking little Johnny, instead of just two days a week, taxiing kids. Now parents are taxiing kids every day, all day long. You're taking them from school. You're taking them to scouts. You're taking them to baseball. You're taking them to football. We're busier. We're busier. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing at all. David, he's in uh, baseball and piano. Before that, he was in baseball and karate. And karate, we had to take him to karate twice a week, plus baseball. So I'm not saying busyness is necessarily a bad thing. But if we let our busyness interfere with our rest, it will ruin our family. And there is a direct correlation to the busyness in our families and the divorce rate. You know why? Because mom and dad don't have any time together. Because they work all week. When they get home, mom is taking one or two kids over here, dad's taking one or two kids over there, and they're gone. The family meal, where you get home, dad gets home at 5.30, mom gets home at 5.30, and they, we eat together. That's the thing of yesterday. That no longer happens anymore. And it is ruining our families. So much so that the nation has seen this, seen this decline. And a few years ago, you might have started seeing a commercial. And it's got a family eating together. And you know what the whole tagline was? Talk to each other. <laughs> Hollywood telling our families to talk to each other. Why? Because they don't do that anymore. Because we're too busy. Now, if you think I'm picking on you, that's okay, because I'm going to get to me in a minute. Busyness. So, Exodus chapter 21. Rusty, what's my scripture? I totally forgot. 34, there we are. 34.12. All right, pay no, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. 34.21, you are to labor six days, but you must rest on the seventh day. 
You must even rest during plowing and harvesting time. Now, in Scripture, if you're learning to study Scripture and you're learning to do it well, you'll notice this. Whenever an author says the same word twice in one passage, he wants you to notice it. And the author here, we think it's Moses, he said the word rest in this passage twice. Why did he write rest down twice in literally a sentence and a half? Because it's important, it's the crux. Six days you'll do your work. But on the seventh day, you'll rest. Even during the plowing season. Even during the busiest seasons of your life, plowing and harvesting. And when you are an agricultural family and your life depends on how much you can plant and then how much you can harvest, that seventh day is crucial. And God's saying, don't worry about that rest. Why? Why is it so important? This is why. What's the context of this passage? You might know. Moses had just taken the Israelites from slavery in Egypt, took them to Mount Sinai. Now God was handing down the culture. He was saying, these are the set of rules. And you're going to live by these rules and they're going to create the culture of which you live and they're going to separate you from everybody else. People will go, that, those people, those are God's people. Why? Because they don't eat a certain food, and they don't do certain things, and they rest. They take the seventh day off. So Sabbath was a part of their culture. But there's a deeper part of the reason why God wants them to rest. Not just, not just so they'll be different, but so they'll be people. Because remember, when they were in Egypt... Their identity wasn't in what they were. Their identity wasn't that they were God's people. Their identity was how much they could produce. Egypt had no value on them except for how many bricks they could produce. Pharaoh did not care about them except for how much they could produce. And when they stopped producing bricks, what did Pharaoh do? He started to kill them. So when God rescues Israel from slavery in Egypt and brings them to Mount Sinai, he says, your identity is not in who or what you do, it's in who you are. So for six days you'll do the things necessary for you to live and eat. But on the seventh day, times harvest and plant and harvest and sow busiest times in an agricultural community's life God wants them to rest because your identity as a person is not how much you accomplish but it's who God says you are that's why Sabbath is important My voice is starting to leave me. Uh, before I broke my leg, I broke my leg at work. I broke my leg at uh, 
Creekside Park. I took a couple, bunch of clients to Creekside Park after school on, on a Friday. And I fractured my tibia right at my knee. And uh, up until then, my identity was wrapped up around what I did. I was a pastor, and I was a mental health provider. And doggone it, I was going to be the best at both. So anytime Youth Unlimited need me to work overtime, I did it. I was working 60, 70 hours a week. was there all the time. Saw Randolph County's children more than I saw my own. And then I get off of that, and then I come here, and I stay, and I, and I was working for the church because my identity was also in a pastor. So I wanted to be the best pastor I could be, and so I just flat out worked all the time. About 100 hours a week. And that's not an exaggeration. That's a calculator. Kelly and I uh, did the numbers. 100 hours a week. Why would anybody work like that? Why does anybody work like that? Because I know I'm not the only one. I'm not the only busy person. A lot of busy people. Well, when I broke my leg, I uh, broke my leg on a Friday about 4 o'clock, and it hadn't hit me. The pain hadn't hit me. I was in shock mostly. So we got up, we took the kids back down through, got lost a little bit because they're, they're, they're redoing some of the, the trail and ended up in a neighborhood. I uh, didn't know where we were, so we had to find out, we had to find where our car was, and we got to our car, and then went home, and my leg just started, my knee just started getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And at 8 o'clock, it started hurting me really bad. <laughs> and what was my first thought? It wasn't go to the hospital or tell Kelly. It was text Rusty, tell him you might not be able to make it to the conference tomorrow on time. Because heaven forbid he think that you, you're not perfect. So that's what I did. Rusty texted back, you better get here. No. <laughs> he said, go to the doctor, you crazy person. Go to the doctor. Go to the hospital. I said, I will when I get off, when my shift's over. So I worked all night, and I got off at 8 o'clock, and I was in so much pain, and I was going back and forth, and I was crying, and Kelly had to come to get me, and it took two staff people and another client to help me to the car. I couldn't put any weight on my leg. And I didn't want to leave. Why? Because they needed me, I thought. And I liked that feeling. And heaven forbid they realize they don't need me as much as they think they do. You ever feel that way at work? So I got, got, got to the hospital, and my leg was hurting so bad that I was saying, just cut this thing off. Uh, they did two sets of x-rays and an MRI. And after two shots of morphine, uh, I got comfortable. One more shot of morphine, I got really comfortable. 
doctor comes in and says, buddy, we're probably going to have to have surgery on this leg, but regardless, you are out of commission for at least eight weeks. And it broke my heart because my identity, the way I saw myself wasn't as a father, wasn't as a husband, it wasn't as a pastor, it was an employee at Youth Unlimited, a pastor at Archdale Freedom. That's who I had become. So after eight weeks where I couldn't do anything but pray and pay time, that Sunday, that first Sunday I missed, you know what I was doing? David woke up. He said, what are you doing? It's time to go to church. And I said, Dad's got, we got to stay here. Daddy broke his leg. He said, okay. What do you want to do? I said, I can't go anywhere. I can't get up. I can't, oh, I can't do anything. He said, stay right here. Goes to his room. Gets a stack of books. Put his recliner next to me. And we read all day long. And he wouldn't leave my side. And I thought it was like, oh, because he knows I'm hurt. And then the, the, the realization came to me. It's not because he knew I was hurt. It's because he knew I couldn't run away from him. I couldn't go to work. I couldn't go to the office. I couldn't get in the car and leave. Dad was stuck and he was going to get all that time that he could. And it broke my heart when I finally made that realization. Because I hadn't, I hadn't, I stopped being a person. And I stopped being a dad. And I started being a slave to my own ambition. You know why Sabbath is important? Because it keeps us from being slaves to our own ambition. It makes us take a time and stop working and start focusing on the things that matter, on God and on family and nothing else. Three things, because I, I preach from a list, and you have to forgive me, but you have a problem with it. Randy Quake's the one who told me how to preach. Take it up with him. Three reasons why we overwork or we over-busy ourselves, and we keep our kids and all these things and we never talk to our spouses and we never talk to our families and we're just overwhelmed and busy and there's three reasons. First of all, it's our identity. We want to be the perfect mom. Maybe your identity is in being a mother and you want to be the perfect mother and so you got to keep your kids busy. you got to keep them spotless. you got to keep them looking like they just walked out of a catalog and you haven't talked to your spouse in months. Maybe that's you. A lot of people are like that. Maybe it's your security. Maybe you're like me and you work so hard because you want to be invaluable. And you get your security from that. So you make yourself invaluable. You make yourself indispensable. No matter when they call, if it's 2 o'clock in the morning, no matter when they need you, you're there. And you have no boundaries for your family. You have no boundaries for your friends and before you know it, six months goes and your children don't know who you are. But you got a job. Third, maybe you're busy because you like the validation you get from other people. Look at Susie. Her kids are spotless. Her house is spotless. And she just goes and goes and goes. She's a super mom. Wish I could be like her. Or look at John. Always there when you need him. To close the deal. 
Best employee ever. Employee of the month, last four years in a row. Wish I could be like you. Validation becomes like a drug. Security, identity, validation. I could go on forever. The Lord's just given me so much to say this morning and not enough time to say it in. That's okay. Sabbath teaches us three things. And that's when I'll stop. The first thing the Sabbath teaches us is to be present. Matter of fact, a few chapters away from the passage we're in right now, Moses will tell God, he'll say, Lord, I want to see your glory. So God responds to Moses. He says, well, come on to the mountain, and when you get to the mountain, stand on the mountain. In the Hebrew, it's even better. In the Hebrew, it says, come to the mountain, and then when you're on the mountain, be on the mountain. Now, it sounds a little redundant, right? What's God saying? God's saying to Moses, when you get there to be with me, don't be mentally anywhere else. Be present with me. At home, I've noticed David starts, my, my name's not Dad at home. You know what my name is at home? Dad, pay attention to me. That's my full name. You know why? Because I'm on an email or on a phone or de-escalating the client even though I'm not at work. Dad, pay attention to me. Sabbath will teach you to be prioritized. It'll teach you to get your house in order and to learn what the important things are. Your marriage is an important thing. Do not lose it because of your children are important things. Don't let them feel like second-class citizens because of business. Third thing is persistence. Why is Sabbath teaches persistence? Because you do it every week. Take time to be with your children every week. Take time to rest every week. When God, through the prophets, told the Israelites how wrong they were and started leveling, leveling these horrible judgments, you know what the main one was? They didn't observe it. Sabbath keeps us from being slaves to our own ambition and teaches us to rest, rely on God, and to be present with our kids and our spouse. Maybe that's not you. 
I hope it's not. It was me. Sometimes it still is. Sometimes that pull to be so important. Called work last week and I said, uh, no more overtime for Brandon. I'm not working any more overtime. Don't call me to work overtime. Because I already started calling me for the summer. How well can you work this extra day or can you work that extra day? I'm like, no. I'll work my shifts. My my two days now. I whittled my shift down to two days. Don't call me anymore. That's what I told God wants me to do two things. He wants me to be present with my family. And he wants me to be here with y'all. But more importantly than being here with y'all, he wants to be present with my family. And I'm learning that. I'm called to be a pastor. But if I neglect my kids because I'm doing God's work, it's not a very good dad. It's a hard lesson for me to learn. One that uh, Rusty and Kelly will remind me of this summer as I'm wanting to do and wanting to go. And we'll be back. Family needs you. 